This is Rob Carbone, and you're listening to BD4. just make things clear really quick um it is about maybe 10 20 minutes after the nba draft has concluded um so it is a well technically it is a uh thursday morning but wednesday night um so i originally uh filmed recorded myself reacting to the pretty much the entire first round of the draft uh but it got laggy got choppy so it didn't come out great. So what I'm going to do is show you certain clips of my reaction. I'm going to show you my reaction to um, the Knicks drafting Obi Toppin at number 8. And then I'll show you my reaction to um, the Knicks drafting Leandro Balmaro at 23 initially. Because obviously they made some moves after that. But So that those were the two reactions I got on tape. I didn't get the, you know, the later trades uh, on recording. But... So I'm not going to show you the entire, you know, podcast, uh, not podcast, the entire recording, you know, which was, you know, initially it was supposed to be, originally it was supposed to be, uh, tonight's episode was supposed to be me live stream, not live streaming, but me um, recording my entire reaction for the entire first round. But again, I got choppy, so I'm only going to be able to show you clips, but we are going to discuss uh, before I do show you those clips, we're going to discuss what happened tonight with the Knicks. Um, listen. It was an eventful night. Uh, it was an eventful day for, for New York. Um, but overall, you know, you look at it as a whole, you have to think overall it was a, a decent, pretty good night for Leon Rose and company. Um, I don't think you could get you can get too upset at, at what happened tonight. Um, <laughs> now, maybe that's controversial, but because, you know, I know a lot of Knicks fans love to be angry and, you know, <laughs> throw fits, but... Listen, I don't hate what went down tonight. Um, obviously, uh, so it started out um, number one. It, it goes Anthony Edwards gets drafted to the Timberwolves. So that was kind of a shocker to me. I really thought Ball was going one. Um, and then number two comes the the Golden State Warriors select. Um, they, I didn't think they were going to take Ball because they've got Curry. They've got Clay Thompson, who... Unfortunately, he's now out for the entire 2021 season after hurting his leg um, in practice, which is so unfortunate. But the, the Warriors selected James Wiseman. So LaMelo Ball drops all the way to three. Um, not too shocking, I guess, for some people, but I really thought he was not going to go worse than two. I thought he was going to go number one, to be honest with you. But Ball drops to three. He goes to Charlotte. Um can't imagine the Ball family loves that, 
playing in a small market like Charlotte on a team that's not very good and won't be very good for a bit. Um, I don't imagine he's going to finish his career there. I think they're going to try to get him somewhere, you know, where he can get more uh, attention. I don't know. Maybe, uh, you know, maybe it's, it's, I don't know. Um, but ball goes there. And then, you know, a couple of picks go by and the Knicks um, are at eight. But at seventh, one of the two guys I, I really, really, really wanted um, in Killian Hayes gets selected. He goes to Detroit, right? Yeah, he goes to Detroit. So Killian's off the board. Um, now I'm hoping at eight, the Knicks select Kyra Lewis Jr., who is my 1A, uh, Hayes being 1B. But I knew they weren't going to, and had a bad feeling they were either going to go for Hallie Burton, who's probably just going to be a glue guy, impact winning player, Igadawa type career, or had a feeling they were going to get Devin Vassell, who doesn't jump out at me either. A good 3 and D wing, but nothing really um, special to me. Um, so I didn't think they were going to get anybody of excitement. You know, 1A, Kira Lewis, 1B, Killian Hayes, and number 2, on my preference, slash three, Obi Toppin. And who do the Knicks select at eight? They don't get Lewis. I was expecting it, but they do get Obi Toppin. Now, you know, a lot of, again, a lot of Knicks fans, um, from what I'm seeing, are, aren't really um, happy with this pick. Um, I get it. I understand the frustration. Um, Obi Toppin is not a great defensive player. He is astronomically pathetic defensively and that's putting it lightly um you know he moves like a, a plank of wood um but listen i'm tired of not having talent i'm tired of not having offensive potential on this team we need scoring we need talent bottom line we need good basketball players okay we need players that are good and obi toppin to me i think he is a good offensive talent Okay, so I don't, I'm not to say I don't care, but I'm not going to stress that Toppin isn't this defensive force. He's got a lot of work to do defensively, okay? And, and I think ultimately, if the Knicks want to make Toppin work in New York, they're going to have to figure something out with Julius Randle, with Bobby Portis, who also play the four and are very, very poor defenders as well. But that said, I still think Toppin was a decent choice, man. I still think you can't get too pissed off at it because he brings you a lot of excitement to Madison Square Garden. He's going to draw in the crowds. Okay, he's going to bring some excitement, but he's a good fucking offensive player. Again, this is somebody who's got explosiveness. He's got that athletic pop. He's an excellent finisher at the rim. Going to throw down flashy dunks. He is an amazing finisher. 63% this past season. Um, at Dayton, and that's including his three-point shooting. <clears throat> that's his overall field goal percentage. Uh, but yes, he can he can finish at the rim. All right, so he's a versatile scorer because he can finish at the rim and shoot the ball a little bit. One of the Knicks had that. The Knicks got Julius Randle and hoped that he would be able to do that. The only thing Randle does well is is you know, arguably use his strength at the rim. But Toppin not only finishes at the rim. <clears throat> he does other things that Randall can't do. He shares the ball exceptionally well for a big, for a 6'9 big. He's a pretty good passer, pretty decent playmaker, um, standing still. 
and he, he can stretch the floor. He spaces out the floor for the Knicks. So not only, but not only can he hit the three ball and, and, and hit the jumper, but just his his, you know, him being a decent shooter. That going on a scouting report will draw defenses out to the perimeter and open up the lane for guys like Barrett and Robinson who like to use the RA. It will space out the floor around someone like Toppin who will be on the perimeter sometimes. You know, it would really help other guys, not just him making threes, but it would help other guys get more open shots and open looks and more room to work. So I think that's huge. Get a guy who can play at the rim and occasionally play the stretch four position. I think that's big. Okay, so he brings you athleticism, being able to finish at the rim, you know, some excitement to MSG. He's a very exciting player. You talk to anybody who watched college hoops this year, they loved watching Obi Toppin. He was the most exciting player in college. I think he won the college player of the year. Dayton only had two losses, what, 26 wins before the shutdown happened? Probably headed for the number one seed. He was very exciting. People loved watching Toppin. Ask anybody who watched college hoops. They will tell you that. Good passer for a big, and we know how Tom Thibodeau... By the way, I looked it, I have looked it up. Is it Thibodeau or Thibodeau? I found so many answers. I still have no fucking clue. All right, we're going to call him Tommy Tibbs for now. <laughs> I think it's Tibbs. I was saying Tibbs for a while, but I'm pretty sure it is Tibbs. Anyway, we know how he likes to use his bigs. Passing at the top of the key. He's done it with Noah. He did it with Gibson and a couple of other guys that he coached. Other bigs. Toppin already a good passing big. So expect Tom Tibbs to use that. Expect him to utilize that skill set that Toppin has as a playmaker at the top of the key. That's going to be something I'm looking at. Now, Tibbs is a defensive-minded coach. Toppin is not a defensive-minded player. So I'm hoping, okay, I'm hoping, so the Knicks aren't a liability, that Tom Thibodeau really, really, really presses this kid hard and gets on his ass. And honestly, I don't mind a benching here and there if Toppin isn't giving his full effort defensively because he's going to have to learn that in order to develop in the NBA. Now, the one concern there, he's 22 years old. Okay, so usually players are mature by now. He's a little older for his class. He's going to have to develop his defense eventually. Can he do it at 22? You know, when, when a lot of other guys in this class are, you know, 18, 19, 20, 21? I don't know. But it's going to have to happen, man. And to make it, you know, to, to help, help um, ease the pain of his defensive woes, I think the Knicks are going to have to let go of Portis, which shouldn't be a problem. Just don't pick up that $15 million option. Shouldn't be an issue, right? If Leon Rose has any kind of competence, he's not bringing back Bobby Portis. But the difficult part is going to be finding a trade partner for Julius Randle. And I think that, that right there is going to depict how Obi Toppin's career pans out in NYC. Because there is no way those two can share the floor together. It's an automatic bucket on the other end. Automatic. Sorry, we froze there for a second. But, yeah, you've got to find a partner for Randall now. That becomes the biggest issue. You know, you've, you're developing Mitchell Robinson at the five. 
that's obvious. He's your franchise center right now. You just selected Obi Toppin at eight. So you're planning on developing him. He's becoming part of your long-term future now. <clears throat> you're paying Julius Randle all this money. There's no... Obviously, these three. These are three big men. <clears throat> they are never sharing the floor together. You're never going to see a lineup of those three together. Because it simply does not work in this modern NBA. You're not having that. There's no spacing. There's absolutely no defense with him and Randall together. Toppin and Randall. So they're not sharing the floor together. That's not going to work. There's no way in hell you're going to see that. I don't even think you can keep Randall in a diminished role. I think if by selecting Toppin, absolutely you have to find a partner for Randall now. I mean, if you don't, what the hell is Leon Rose thinking, right? What the fuck is Leon Rose thinking? So, so, so part of me says he has to be, has to be ahead of everybody else here. I, I have to believe that's on his mind. That he, he has something up his sleeve, sleeve where Julius Randle is no longer going to be part of the Knicks franchise. Because how the hell does this else does this work otherwise? There's no way those three are playing together. Three bigs at the same time is not happening. Portis has to be waived. That's something I think that's going to happen. The Randall thing is, is I'm very interested in it. I, I really want to see what happens here. I do. Um, Sorry. So we'll see there. We will see. Um, Now, now aside from the defense and the age, um, Toppin does have to improve as a rebounder too. You know, he was an okay rebounder at Dayton. Um, but I think he needs to put a little more effort onto the def the defensive glass and fucking, you know, use that upper body strength to help himself on the offensive glass a little more. Um, that will come, I think. I don't think that's a huge issue. And, you know, again, he's a good passer. Uh, but But when he has to take dribbles, I think that's where he gets into trouble offensively. And that's going to hurt the spacing a bit. Again, uh, Mitchell Robinson isn't the guy who who handles the ball. So, you know, we're going to have to you know, maneuver a little bit. We're going to have to do some, a lot of practicing and make some moves so we can figure out a way to really center this Knicks team around the guys that we're drafting in recent years. Okay. So that's, that's number eight. <clears throat> now, this, this, thing with, with what the Knicks did later in the draft is, is very um, up and down, I guess. So originally, initially, you know, we all knew they had the 27th and they had the 38th, right? Heading into tonight, that was what we had. We had the Clippers pick at 27 and then we had the Charlotte Hornets pick at 38 in the second round. But those the, thir the 38th pick and the 27th pick was hours ago, earlier today, was traded for Utah's 23rd. And then some player who, you know, is just a throw-in, some random bomb who's not going to be in the league for years. But so we traded the 38 and 27 for Utah's 23. Um, and later tonight, we take the 23 and we trade it for 25 and 33. We take Emmanuel quickly at 25, who's a good shooter. I'm happy we have him. Athletic, can shoot, can play make adequately. And then we get the 33, which was Daniel Oturu. Oturu? But we later trade that 33 
for 2023 second round pick, which is uh, another LAC pick. So all that for we have Emmanuel quickly, and now we have a second rounder in in 2023, which whatever. <laughs> um, so you know, interesting. I, not my favorite. I didn't love it. I do like quickly. I do like quickly. I think he can. You know, we need shooting from the guard position, and that's what he's going to bring. So that was cool. That was interesting. Um, but yeah, the Toppin thing is going to be very intriguing. You know, again, I liked it. I, I think it's a good idea. But the big swing factor here is going to be what the Knicks do with Julius Randle. You have to believe he's out the door now. Have to believe that. Otherwise, how the hell does this work? And what was Rose thinking? So I'm going to show you my reaction right now. Um, we're going to head to break really quick. And when we get back from break, um, I'll show you my reaction. All right. To number eight. To Toppin. All right. Be right back. I'm on a few different social media platforms today. If you want to follow my Instagram account, follow at Rob J. Carbone. If you want to follow my Facebook or Twitter account, follow at NY Sports Talk RC. Here it is. Pick is in. Are we going to the Knicks now? Are we finally going to pan to it? Where's Silver? Here he is. Okay. Tell me. Obi Toppin, did he just say? They got Toppin. Oh, I'm going to text Mike right now. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. They got Toppin. They got Toppin. <laughs> Holy shit. I just texted my cousin. He's a big Toppin fan. This is big. This is big for many reasons. You get your athletic big. You get a guy who can finish at the rim. A guy who can play make for a big. Um, very good passer on the post. And a guy who has shooting potential. None of these things you get from Randall. Which which brings me to they might trade Randall now. This is big. Topping from Dayton. Holy shit. High flyer. That's huge. This actually, wow, they actually got him. I was really down, and I did not think they were going to get anybody that I preferred. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, initially, you know, usually what the case is when people react to shit is, you know, initially upon reaction, you're either way too high or way too low, right? You're not at your norm. So I was very excited. Um, I'm not as thrilled as I was initially, but uh, again, I'm not low on this. I like the top and the the top and draft. I like drafting this guy. I think it was a good, solid pick. Again, I get it. He's a defensive nightmare at the moment, and he might not ever be a good defensive player. He's going to have to work hard just to be decent, average. He's going to have to do a lot of work just to get to that level. Dude, I'm tired of having nobody who can who can score. I'm tired of having defensive-minded wings and defensive-minded players and players with no offensive ceiling. I think it's about time the Knicks grew some balls and just said, fuck it, let's just get an offensive star power guy who can really have a chance to put up some solid numbers offensively. In the past, now I'm not comparing ceiling, I'm comparing play style, maybe a little bit of ceiling. 
Um, but I, in the past, I've compared him to Amari Stoudemire. <clears throat> Excuse me. A Stoudemire who can shoot the three. Right? And I'm talking stat with the Phoenix Suns, not broken down fire hydrant stat with the Knicks. I think Toppin could be something like that, right? Throwing it down with authority, playing with a lot of high energy, and bringing some excitement to Madison Square Garden again. That's the guy. Speaking of bringing excitement to Madison Square Garden, doesn't have to be fucking Westbrook. Okay. Lord knows we don't want it to be Westbrook. Don't even get me started there. I've said my piece multiple times there. (laughs) But, um, yeah, I I think Toppin was a good pick given the circumstance. Couldn't get Hayes. Okay, fine. I knew they weren't going to get Lewis. Fine. I did not want them to draft Halliburton. I did not really want Vassell. Vassal, Vassell, that much. So I really wanted Toppin. And I'm actually happy that they had him at 8. I, I, I even said, heading into tonight's episode, in the previous episode, I think I said, I would not mind trading up for Toppin. I said it when I was recording my initial reaction to the draft. It was like pick 3 or 4. I was like, wow, Toppin's not gone yet. You know, I would consider trading up. He ends up landing at eight. So I think considering that he's at eight and the Knicks had him, I think that's a pretty damn good, uh, I don't want to say steal, but pretty damn good pick. You know, I really can't get too upset at it. So that's that. Um, I'm going to show you my, I mean, I guess I'll show you my reaction to Leandro Balmaro, who, again, we don't have him now because we, did all these fucking moves and we ended up with quickly and a 2023 second rounder. But here's my reaction to Balmaro. <laughs> Not that it matters, but fuck it. Leandro Balmaro from Cordoba, Argentina. <laughs> fuck. Uh, I mean, I scouted Balmaro. Um, I have to do a little bit more fucking, uh, research because I forget but yeah he's got a high motor and he's a good playmaker he's got some good vision so maybe that's maybe they think he's a sleeper I don't know alright so we might as well wrap this up now with our NYY NYK question of the day so last time out our NYY NYK question of the day in episode 179 um, I asked you guys, who has the two finals MVP awards for the Knicks? So they have two championships, obviously, in their history. Who um, who was one of the finals MVP um, in both of those finals? Now, the answer to that is one guy, Willis Reed, won both finals MVPs for the Knicks back in the early 70s. So, <laughs> so pretty sad. Um, tonight's episode, episode 180, our NYYNYK question of the day um, relating to the draft. So, obviously, the Knicks had two first-round picks this year. When was the last time they had so? All right, so the Knicks had two first-round picks this year. They had uh, number eight, and then they had uh, 23 or 25. So, when was the last time they had two first-round picks? What year? 
right? So message me the answer on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, or comment on the post once I publish this podcast. Episode 180 of BD4, episode 180, episode 180 of the podcast. I am your host, Rob Carbone. Thank you for stopping by. Thank you. <laughs> um, it was an interesting night. It was fun. Cole Anthony ended up going 15. Where'd he go again? I don't even remember where he went. Fuck. Gonna have to look that up. Um, Hallie Burton, not a Nick. Sacramento King. Vassal, a spur. And I think that's the perfect spot for him. 3 and D wing. Perfect spot to play under Pop. He'll be a good player over there. Um, oh, there's some, some other standout. I want to know where Jaden McDaniels ended up going. Because I think he's going to be a good microwave scorer. Kind of has that Brandon Ingram, KD type of build. Um, who else? Sadiq Bey. Um, drafted in the, in the net spot, but traded to Detroit. He's playing for the Pistons. Was hoping the Knicks could take him, but that's all right. I think Sadiq Bey will be a good player. Um, so that's it, guys. That's all we've got for tonight's episode, episode 180. Once again, thank you so much for tuning in. It was a fun night. It was a really fun night. And, and again, you look at it overall, you got to say it was a positive night. The Knicks are better now than they were yesterday. Um, they've got a long road to go, folks. Long road to go. Still not in great in great shape here um, overall, but definitely better, definitely improving, definitely positive after tonight. Next Draft Night, Episode 80. I'm your host, Rob Carbone of BD4, where there's no better way to get you against the next analysis, and that's going to do it for tonight. Thank you, guys, and I'll see you next time. Ciao. <laughs>